0: Welcome to the Comedy Unleashed podcast. I'm Andy Shaw, one of the founders of Comedy Unleashed. Now we have something a little bit different for you this time. Will Franken has produced four sketches exclusively for this podcast, and I think they're really funny. And uh, well, I hope, I hope you do too. I met up with Will to hear the work that he's produced and also give him the opportunity to talk about the ideas that have informed the characters in the sketches and the underlying subtext that informs his thinking. We also discuss Will's thoughts on the role of children in the climate crisis emergency and we'll play a clip of Will's now infamous Greta Thunberg trans counselling sketch. Just before we start, Jeff Norcott is headlining the next gig on the 10th of September and is very likely to sell out. So if you're coming, it's best to get your tickets at comedyunleashed.co.uk. Now, on with the show.
1: This is London's rethinking Comedy Club. That does not mean that we are here to be offensive. It just means that we are here to laugh at comedy, understanding that none of this is meant specifically to be about you, you fucker. It's not about you, is it? Oh, that's very disappointing. I am so sorry about it.
0: Welcome to the Comedy Unleashed podcast. I'm Andy Shaw and I'm here with the utterly bloody wonderful Will Franken. Good morning. <laughs> and if you don't know Will... Uh, He's a bit of a uh, unique and different type of comedian. A wild card. And he's the uh, sort of guy who, well, many comedians take the mic, get up on stage, tell you stories, tell you jokes, but Mm. Will creates characters, lives characters, exudes characters, and is a little bit like a sort of one-man, fast show, one-man Monty Python. Isn't that
2: true, Will? Well, Monty Python was my biggest influence very formative influence. Uh, structurally, they were so important to me. And, you know, I didn't realize as well that, that Pink Floyd, around the same time I was, I'm very young, you know, it was, when I was six, I got into Pink Floyd because my sisters had the wall. Right. And I think the same principle that applies to Pink Floyd applies to Monty Python in the sense that ideas never end. And if you listen to the wall, like one song bleeds into another through a little bit of a uh-huh. background television. And then I saw Python doing the same thing comedically. And I just, I was really drawn to that idea of there's no start, stop. There's no beginning, middle and end to a sketch. It's a continuous
0: flow, much like the the human subconscious. Well, when you were last on at Comedy Unleashed, you Mm -hmm. did a uh, 23-minute sketch. Yeah. The uh, uh, now infamous trans counselling Greta Thunberg, or I now know that we should call uh, uh, Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg.
3: The climate, it's 2045 and the earth is still here. Something that climate change activists said would never happen. But a recent climate change activism study shows that the fact that the earth still is here still proves that it's climate change.
2: <laughs> See, we said it was going to not be here, but then it's here. Like we said it was going to be warm and it's cold because that's like change, right? Climate change, hello. So this is a scary sight. What we're calling for people to do, okay, no more flights, no more cars, no more trains, No more food, no more air, and just die
3: if we're not willing to lay down and die as a people there is no way the human race can survive it's 2045 and we're still here and we can still make a difference, Okay? because what you young people are doing is amazing we must get out there, don't forget ask for a 45th referendum and we promise this, we swear it's the ultimate top secret ultimate, this will be the 45th one, now we promised you Greta Thunberg, and we're going to give you Greta Thunberg. But again, Britain did not do this alone. It was a transnational affair, so I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Heimlich Maneuver from the European, from the European Union Committee on Stuff. The question was simple. Take the concerns about the climate and wed it to the fad of mental health awareness, all under the rubric of the youth movement. And that's when the answer came for us. With a little bit of pigtails, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Amit, where are you, Amit? I see a light. So we have a set on Poltergeist. One second. <laughs> My name is Greta Thunberg. When I first heard about climate change... Sorry, I can do it this way. When I first... She doesn't need the microphone. <laughs> No, she doesn't, no. When I first heard about climate change, I could not believe more people were talking about it. I saw a woman talking about her dead son. I said, why are you not talking about climate change? There should be a lipstick called climate change. So it will always be on everybody's lips. from Sweden. Has anybody been to Sweden? Well, Sweden is the Mecca of... Well, it's just Mecca. That was a little joke. When I first heard about climate change, I could not eat I could not sleep. I did not want to go to school. What was the point of learning my ABDs and 2 plus 2 is 5 when I have climate facts? Also, I have autism. Which means... Having autism means the whole world must revolve around me. But if there is no world, I would have to revolve around myself.
2: don't like her and initially it was like i yeah the girl's being used as a pawn you know she was she was created by the eu and the u.n and you know they they found her on the streets i guess not going to school Uh dusted her off and said this will be a great little spoke her parents ridiculously affluent with the he's a what a netflix star and she's an opera singer and so it's a background that i don't know but i saw her recently she's very the fame has really gotten to her head and there was one, it was a sky thing. And they said, are we doing enough? No, no. It is just very surly with her arms folded. Like, yeah, sister, you're way more important than you, than you actually are now. But I think I awarded her a little bit because like, I always said that it's not about her. It's about this madness that has kind of built this creature. But I'm not entirely sure. now. When I was 16, I was thinking for myself. And this is clearly a girl that's not thinking for herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she's thinking for the EU and the climate
0: nuts and all that, so. Well, you channeled her beautifully in the sketch. And, in fact, I think what we should do at the end of this podcast is mm. take a a clip. We're not, we'll not we not play the full 23 mm. minutes, but we should take a clip from the sketch because it's, yeah. it's utterly brilliant. And you weave in there, if I remember rightly, mm. you've got an MI6 character. Yeah. Uh, you've got a, um, uh EU character who created the, the yeah. Greta. You've got... In the world. We know what we had to do. The solution was simple: with a little
3: bit of pigtails and a little bit of autism, we could combine the mental health with the climate change. The solution was there's a little
2: bit of Doctor Strange Love, that that she has been created in, in a lab. You know, it's it's uh, it's very nasty what they've done. They've thrown they've thrown a little girl at us and said, make you know, make fun of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and then they, with the double whammy of the autism, I, I think my favorite line that in there is, uh,
3: because I'm autistic, the whole world has to revolve around me. But if there is no world, what will I revolve around myself?
0: <laughs> because they have, they've thrown that, that autism thing in there with her. They have, that's yeah. right. It's, yeah. it's If you're criticizing what she says, you're actually attacking her. That's right. Which yeah. makes it very difficult to have a sensible of course, discussion. Yeah. yeah. So So what was the inspiration around Greta? Because, you know, you're the only person I know Mm -hmm. who seems to find uh, satire in that gap between, you know, the sort of big panic around climate change and, uh, you know, people's everyday experience. And there's a huge huge space between the two. And you're the only person I know who tries to sort of dig around in there and, and and bring stuff out.
2: Well, you know, the the world has become so political. Like the left wing says, we're the left, and th- these are our dogmas, and the right says, we're the right, and these are our dogmas. And and as a result, very few people nowadays have any critical thinking mm-hmm. capacity, and there, there's no healthy skepticism. And I remember it was 2006 when Inconvenient Truth came out, and I was in San Francisco, and you couldn't get San Francisco people to give a fuck about nine eleven or the, or the Danish cartoons or, you know, they, they weren't interested. There was, you know, but th- this movie came out. And I remember it was at a video shop back when they still had them. And the guy says, people were railing about this movie. It's like, that is, you've got to see this inconvenient. It is so. And I said, what's the premise? And they told me, well, Al Gore is blah, blah. But I said, well, Al Gore, the guy that ran for president in 2000 and didn't win, and and I mean, my healthy skepticism said okay so he ha- his job as the man who came that lost in this contested presidential election has to stay politically relevant now he can't he can't do the we're under threat from jihadis thing cuz bush has that sorted so he's got to find a cause and his cause is the the planet is melting because and it's our fault and and i said you have got to be very skeptical but then i actually watched the movie cuz i did believe in going to primary sources and I found it other shit. And I, I sometimes I used to tell people, I say the the reason I don't believe it in global warming is because I have seen the movie Inconvenient Truth and it didn't have the effect on me it had on other people. I thought, did you have you, you've seen it, right? I've seen it, yeah. He quotes Winston Churchill at one point, remember that? I don't remember that. Now there was another man in England one time and he warned of a different storm and this is what he said he applied it to climate change. I thought, you're in, you're insane. <laughs> and so I've never I've never believed in uh the whole climate change. Huey. and I, i've yeah. you know like you i've seen it go from global warming now it's climate change it'll be called something else but well, it's climate years.
0: crisis now or climate emergency climate emergency climate
2: crisis i there was a uh, it just gets worse and worse and you were the one that actually told me about greta because uh i didn't know about her because i just stopped I, I can't watch this stuff it just drives me nuts but you said there's this little 16 year old girl that they're trotting out there and i and my mind hears something like that and thinks that is a sketch that will write itself yeah you know you got see you got grown ups using a sixteen year old girl to push forward basic you know basically tax initiatives and stuff like that this this is a sketch that will write itself so all I've gotta do is just dig up some clips of her on youtube and
0: and the rest, the rest will write itself. It's one of the most popular sketches. I mean, we stuck it out on video, and it just, uh, just went all over the place. Mm. It was really, it was really well received. I think partly because nobody else is talking about it. No. So it's, it's interesting how you know, despite all of the sort of mental energy and creativity in the comedy world, yeah. from you know political issues to yeah. uh, you know personal life stories and all the rest of it, yeah. the climate change thing is just like it's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's begging yeah. for people to address it, and I, and I think mm. people actually really struggle to know how to address it. And there's very little critical thinking going on about what is being said and what it really means for people. I remember that night, because you were headlining that night, and uh, half an hour before you went on stage, you were still saying... I'm just going to go and have a bit more of a think about yeah, what I'm doing. I was you. writing Jesus. it up until I'm on You're <laughs> still writing this stuff. I was stuff. still writing it, yeah. And then, and then you just you just performed flawlessly. Yeah. And I remember when you came off stage, people were coming up and giving you a hug and shaking your hand yeah. and saying it's the best bit of comedy they've seen. I was really happy It was, with that. It was phenomenal. It was really, really amazing. I showed up that day. I, they they told me in
2: Canterbury earlier that they were going to remove my prostate. and. I was really freaking you know, I had all sorts of shit going on in my head. I had these clearly little did. scraps of paper like, Am I six guy? Yeah. And some of those lines were so convoluted, like my students are my greatest teachers. But it was all it was like tongue twisters built around the student teacher relationship and then we leaders should be following the leaders who are the leaders of the and it was a lot of said like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to pull this off. You
0: absolutely and, pulled it off. Yeah. And, and, and I f- I flubbed some lines, but I don't think uh, well, do you know what? We d- we didn't notice because it was, it was, it was right. The, 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 you, you really pulled out that lack of adult authority. Yeah. So, th- so that I thought it was really clever how you, it was, you know, the teachers are yeah. uh, taught by the students. It's not the teachers oh, actually yeah. teaching the students and the, and the leaders, you know, uh, followed their followers. That breaks and my it, heart. It was just, yeah. it was just that undermining of authority very much like mm. when you know uh, Greta Thunberg yeah. met with you know Michael Gove and she yeah. met with Juncker and all the rest of it oh. and uh, uh, and they're almost pleading her yeah. to tell them and teach them yeah. and it's the absolute inversion of the way things should be and yeah, yeah. and I thought you just brought that out really cleverly without yeah. doing it in a very crude way I used to
2: be an educator before my last real job was teach. I've taught in Harlem and an inner city. I taught university in Missouri briefly, and I've seen what liberalism has done to education. And now I know what it's done to the arts, but there is something that's really heartbreaking about these people should be sacked. I think, I think, you know, if you're a teacher and you say uh, today, we're going to, I mean, fuck, I was in London a couple nights ago and we walked by some, some construction project or something. And there was a big uh, mural that said "Artwork from." And I, I always forget the school, what what age in Britain it is, but it was fifth year, whatever that is. Uh, fifth year artwork by students from whatever school it was about climate change, and it was you know maybe twenty pictures of the Earth, and it had a bandage on the Earth, and I'm sick, and and so so your your homework in school is to go there and to make propaganda for this agenda you should be sacked these people there should be sackings across the board you know and it's uh, when i was an educator teaching in harlem or whatever they did puff daddy i remember came to our school and, and gave it was his school when he was a kid oh, right. and he got him a bunch of computers and there's photo ops with puff daddy or p diddy whatever he's now like with all this this bank of computers like, you people don't fucking understand what education is it's about books. It's about reading, writing, arithmetic. It's about those basics. And if you're if you're an educator and you're going up to say my students are my greatest teachers, this is not your fucking self esteem exercise. You're a fucking educator, <laughs> and you keep them in the classroom and you teach them shit. And if they want to go out and they want to do climate activist protest and draw a little stupid signs, they can learn from Greta Thunberg after school. Yeah, but yeah, school's yeah. fucking important. And it, I mean, it was once upon a time, and I'd, I'd like to see it become important again. It saved my ass. I was I was a little country boy out there in the sticks, man, you know, and, and I went to a, you know, the equivalent of a one-room schoolhouse and I had individualized
0: attention, but I knew that I loved books and I knew that I loved reading and history and stuff. And because of that, I'm probably here right now. Now, talking about reading and history and stuff like that, uh, one of the sketches mm-hmm. that you've produced exclusively for this podcast That's right. is about Oxford University.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, that, that idea goes to... I have to attribute that to my friend John Waters, the Irish dissident, who said uh, he made the comparison between Donald Trump and R. P. McMurphy and Hillary Clinton and Nurse Ratchet in 2016. It was the the day I met him. He says, "Have you noticed it? R. P. McMurphy? That's like Donald Trump." And and I would I guess it was the other day. I thought just just set the whole thing in the classroom. Yeah. And have Nicholson, you know, raise his hand. And I don't know how strong that Nicholson was. I used to do him a lot better when I when I was younger, but. But that's basically it, you know, like I'm, this is an insane asylum. Universities are insane. So I'm very fortunate to have gone to university when I did, because I still got education and where I did too, being in Missouri, there was a split. It was, this must've been 96 when I got my master's degree. So there was a split. You could see half of the teachers that I hated were the ones that wore those uh, elephant print dresses with the wooden jewelry, and and the first thing they do, they go in the classroom. And say, let's get, let's make this a circle. Let's let's get rid of these rows. You know, in other words, you're afraid of your own authority. You want to be cool, but the ones that I liked were the ones at the front of the class who were like, "This is what Dryden wrote. Let's analyze it." You know, it was very. These were. This is what a university is supposed to look like, and um, so I'll always have a. I'll always lament that that's. You, you could send your kids to university now, but. Why? If you're not going into business, IT or any of these, these boring things, if you're going into the humanities, there's going to be so much fucking propaganda, you know? So I've got this teacher at the beginning of that sketch saying, talking about one of my favorite philosophers, Spinoza, about the universal substance in particular is emerging from that, from that universal substance, but she's somehow taken his ethics to mean a man can have a, a woman can have a penis you know and it seems like that it's like blah blah if x then therefore islam is a not a, a, a not a religion but a race it's madness it's lunacy so but i do I, I think the idea yeah that was probably three years ago when waters said that to me in passing he's like donald trump is like rp mcmurphy and i so i do have to give him credit there for uh, uh
0: credit to john water so uh, yeah. let's hear the sketch
4: My name is Chief Running Bear Proudfoot. This is the story of my people. Welcome to Oxford University.
1: Right. So last lecture, we were discussing Baruch Spinoza and the rationalist philosophers. So uh, just as a way of refresher, what essentially was Spinoza saying in On the Nature and Origin of the Mind when he asserts that duration is the indefinite continuance of existing because it cannot be determined through the existence itself of the existing thing? Does anybody want to? No? Okay. Well, what essentially Spinoza is saying? and bear in mind this is coming from somebody who is concerned about climate change and does follow Stuart Lee on Twitter, what essentially Spinoza is saying is that ipso facto ladies can have penises precisely because, caveat emptor, Islam is a race and not a religion. Okay, so do take note of that because you just might see it on the exam. Okay, so moving forward now to the Enlightenment thinkers, the most famous, of course, being Immanuel Kant, Kant asserts in his categorical imperative that one should act only according to that maxim whereby one can, at the same time, will that it should become a universal law. So, break it down for me. What is Kant concerned with here? Uh, yes, Mr. Scanlon. Toxic masculinity. No, no, very good guess, though, very good guess. You're actually thinking of locking epistemology. Uh, anybody else? Yes, Mr. Cheswick. Is it... White privilege? Excellent. Well done, Mr. Cheswick. Uh, Absolutely. White privilege. What Kant is doing here is bringing together the concepts of whiteness and privilege. Curriculum Vitae, because he wants to ask the larger question, Bene Vida, Vice, Julius Caesar, why does the Zionist Israel still control the United States and Great Britain? Okay, so I realize this is a lot of information, so I'm going to pause right now and ask if you guys have any questions. Uh, yes, Mr. McMurphy.
4: Well, <clears throat> yeah.
2: I'd like to know why none of the other students told me that you, Professor Ratchet, and the rest of the faculty could keep me here until you're good and ready to turn me loose. That's what I'd like to know.
1: Well, fine, Randall. That's a good start. Would anyone care to answer Mr. McMurphy?
2: Answer what? You heard me, Simon. You let me go on making fun of her morally equivalent horseshit, knowing how much I had to lose, and you never told me nothing. Now, Mac, wait a minute. Like, look, I'm voluntarily in this class. I'm not committed. I don't have to stay here. In fact, I got my degree two years ago. You can leave this class any time you want? Yeah. You're bullshitting me. He's bullshitting me, right?
1: No, Randall. He's telling you the truth. As a matter of fact, there are very few students here who are committed. There's Mr. Enoch, mister Reese Rees-Mogg, some of the Chronics, and you. Cheswick? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: You're voluntary?
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Scanlan? Yes, I'm voluntary. Billy,
2: for Christ's sake, you must be committed, right?
3: <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: no, no, I l- 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 like l- 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 learning about gender studies. Gender studies? You're just a young boy. You should be out there in a the convertible, bird-dogging chicks and banging beaver. That's offensive. Jesus Christ, all you guys ever do is complain about how there's nothing intellectually challenging at university anymore, and you haven't got the guts to just walk out? What do you think you are, stupid? Well, you're not. You're no stupider than the average Facebook asshole, obsessed about what pronoun to use for a fucking he-she.
1: Those are very challenging observations you've made, Randall, but I think your language might offend Pocahontas. That's not an
2: Indian princess. That's a chief. Now come on, chief. Show her that you're a man. Raise your skirt up, chief, and show her that you're a man. That's right, chief. Raise that skirt up. Higher, chief. That's right. Now look at that. That's a
1: goddamn tree trunk. You're right. He's not Pocahontas. He's
5: Geronimo.
4: And that's the story. Of how I banged my first and only white woman. And we've been together ever since, 31
1: years.
2: Wow, that's an amazing story. I thought you guys met on Tinder. No, you are thinking of Frank and Betty next door. Oh, right. They're lovely people.
3: How many kids do you have?
2: Three. Dot, feather, and scalp. And how many years have you been married? 31 Wow That would make this the year 2050 And I thought Teresa May said there wouldn't be an earth anymore
4: Luckily we acted in time Now we live by mother wind and father sun Because we acted in time We
1: acted in time We acted in time We
2: Oxford Mental Asylum would like to thank all
4: our alumni who acted in time to transform twenty-first century Britain into Native America.
0: going good so far isn't it? yeah it's, yeah, good, indeed, it's good, good it's good so uh so that was that was great will um right you've got three other sketches mm-hmm. coming up that mm-hmm. you've you've uh, produced for this podcast which one should we have next how i want to finish with the forgotten woman because i love that yeah how about the uh, man baby bank advert well my girlfriend
2: showed me a clip of adult babies. She, she watches weird shit. She goes, <laughs> you know, and you got to watch what your girlfriend wants to see sometimes. You know, I, I prefer to watch a world war two documentary. Was she but,
0: implying something for you? Perhaps it was, you no, know, she was trying to get test your reaction. Well, to see if she's
2: very fascinated by, by actually she's very fascinated by, and I think she's got a good point here that we talk about sex more than we've ever talked about it in, in Western societies. And yet, everything's becoming very unsexual. And uh, one of the clips before the adult baby that she showed me was that there was a guy who collected sex dolls
0: right.
2: of all sorts. And what was the? It wasn't Good Morning Britain. It was that weird guy with the white hair, whatever. It was it was some morning daytime show, and this guy and his this guy and his wife were surrounded by all of his uh, dolls. And he kept. This is not sexual. It's about comfort. It's about you know. It's it's, it's a psychological thing. And, and you look at this, There's no way you would collect that many dolls, and, and you're not coming on one of them at least. there's got to be. Don't. And I think you have. It's like the tranny thing. You have to lie about it about there being a sexual element to it because you wanted to sell. This is a. This is who I really am. It's identity. And and from there you can shape policy. But if I go out and say, I like to put on a pair of knickers and rub up against a pole, you're not gonna get very far in terms of policy. You have you have to use this fucking language of I it's who I am and all this this shit. Right. And then she showed me this adult baby one, and he was doing the same thing. It was a big fat fucker in a onesie with a play pen. He was doing a coloring book. I color sometimes, I try to stay in the lines, and and then what this is not sexual, it's who I of course it's sexual. You don't put on a onesie. you've got to be masturbating somehow, you're doing like a little kid's version of masturbation, probably like, you know, rubbing in your onesie or whatever, but yeah, so then that was like, and then I thought, okay, well, you've noticed now it's LGBTQ, they've added a plus and they're talking about shit like kink shaming, have you heard of this term, kink shaming? No. Well, apparently you're not supposed to shame people if they have a kink, which begs the question, how can it be a kink if everybody's accepting it? Good point. I
0: think it's, hor- I think it's horrible. Things should be dirty and
2: forbidden. And-
0: so that's why you then put this sort of, um, uh, the most sort of boring corporate thing, a yeah. bank a accepting po- and celebrating this and trying to wrap yeah. this around its sort of corporate identity to give it a, a sense of new meaning or what it's saying to, to institutions like
2: Barclays, it's like, where will you stop? Right. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to say it's a sexual preference now. The language has changed. It's like, you know, you're. I personally don't agree, and that sounds like an old fuddy-duddy here, but I remember it was in the mid-'90s where the argument about the gay gene came out or people being born that way. I don't like any argument, straight or gay or whatever, that that uh, implies somebody's born a certain way because it it traps you. So, for example, Lou, Reed's, Lou, you know, Lou Reed was interviewed at one point I said, are you a homosexual? Uh, Are you a transvestite? They were asking, I think it was an Australian press conference. I "I don't know. What's the matter? Just listen to the music. Mm -hmm. And I like that attitude. That attitude is like, I like to suck a cock. Fuck you if you don't like it. That's much more rock and roll than, oh, I was born this way. So I'm saying to Barclays, let's say that is a, so you did the thing with the gay, the lesbian. Now you're doing it with the trans and the gender fluid or whatever where will you stop will, will you stop if adult babies say we want to be included in that thing is what you probably won't if enough you know and I, I like that. I haven't heard I haven't heard since I sent it to you but uh, I forget exactly what happens he's a baby and then doesn't his
0: wife come I, back I'll tell you what let's listen to it now let's listen to it gaga
1: Google, act your a. act your a. gaga
5: why can't you be normal
3: normal Google. What a weirdo Weirdo!
1: At Barclays We know that you know That we know There's more to life than money There are toys Coloring books And adult nappies But all these things cost money Which is why we've introduced A wide range of financial packages For children of all ages From 5 to 55 Barclays proud supporter of the lgbtq plus and adult baby communities because before you can walk you have to learn to crawl Ah. to us that's right that's right That's right. Good job. Okay, so we just want to talk to you just for a second. So as an adult baby yourself, you must be quite excited that Barclays has become the first major financial institution to actually publicly come out in support of the adult baby community.
3: Well, I don't know about banks because
2: I don't like money because I just like to play.
1: (laughs) Of course, of course. But what about bad banks? Hmm. Places that don't support the adult baby community. Hmm. Places like HSBC. I'm learning my
4: ABCs, but I still don't know my HSBCs.
1: How cute. Uh, No, uh, what what I'm trying to say is, Mm. I can imagine as an adult baby, it's probably important for you to have support. Yeah. Like, we were speaking to your wife earlier. You you did what? We were speaking to your wife. You you, you spoke to my wife. Uh, Well... We just assumed it would be okay. Of course it's
2: not okay. She had no idea about
1: this. Right, right. But but you did sign a confidentiality waiver. I'm an adult baby. I didn't know what I was signing. Right. Fucking hell. Okay, well, I I think the thing was, is that we sort of assumed that because you were willing to do the advert, that you were more open about this lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. It's who I am. Whatever it is. Okay, I was born this way. um, I mean, of course, we do apologize. Well, what good is that now? yeah, well I she had no idea. I, I, no, I can
4: understand. Oh, this
1: was the <laughs> one thing that
2: I had that I kept right. separate
4: from her. You know, it was mine. Oh, Turn up three or four guys for tomorrow,
2: even though Strasburg's pitching tomorrow. Uh, God,
4: goo, goo. Yeah. Oh, shit Hello. Hey, baby
1: Glad you're back, baby Good to see you, baby Speaking of babies, I have a bone to pick with you
4: How was your Global Investment Securities Feminist Women of the World Leadership Conference?
1: It was fairly uneventful until the third day when I was approached by some executives from the Barclays Bank marketing team Oh, really? Thing. I mean, you are, are you, a, you an you adult guys? baby? <laughs> <laughs> Am I a what? 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 Wait,
2: what kind of question <inaudible> is that? That's just weird. You know, there's a thing called jet lag. I think
1: maybe you might have it because you're
3: not really making sense right now. So
1: you don't wear a giant onesie and sleep in a playpen when I'm not here? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Nope, siri babo, I do not think-o. It's called jet lag,
0: you're
2: just tired.
1: So those ad execs were just hallucinations
3: then?
1: Uh, yeah, kind of seems that way. <sighs> God, I am so sorry. I've just been so overworked. That's all right, just- that's all right. I forgive
2: you, but look, baby, while you've been out there all weekend earning money, I've been stuck here at home scrounging off you. I know. But right baby. now, I just want to sit down, relax, and watch the game, okay? Okay. You're welcome to join me as long as you don't ask me any more weird great. questions.
1: Sure. Who's playing?
2: Phillies and, and the, the Nationals.
4: Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And and Come he's
0: on. He's cooling, Boom. Mm. Like that, wow. Now that was
2: a
1: good pitch. It was. You hungry, baby? A little bit, yeah. What you want for dinner? It doesn't matter. Look, I'm so sorry. It's okay. You forgive me? Absolutely. I love you, Bubble Bear. Come on, baby. You know I
2: don't do the whole baby talk stuff, all right? Oh, shit.
1: Is that you? Act your age. Yes. In a onesie. Why can't you be normal? Yes. And a playpen. What a weirdo. Yes. So you're an adult baby. At Barclays, we know that you know yes, we know there's more to life than money. How long has this been there going on? Toys, oh, ever since I roots, was a baby. And adult nappies. So the if you're an adult baby, money, what is my role as your we've wife? A wide range of well, I'm just a baby.
2: I'm too young to have a wife. Of,
1: right, so you're just going to live on your and own and starve to death because you don't know how to feed yourself? No, no,
2: no, no. I need a mommy. Will you
3: be my mommy? Oh,
1: course. Of course I will, Bubble Bear. Ha ha ha. Barclays, proud supporter of the LGBTQ and adult baby and their wife mother communities.
3: We ha ha ha.
0: Right. Well, thanks Will. And so the next sketch, Mm. uh, you've done, it's a bit of a short one coming up now, it's about uh, mental health awareness. Mm. So what's wrong with mental health awareness? Well, I was
2: thinking of this recently because at the time of this taping, this is post the El Paso shooting. Uh, and it, it did. I, I used to have the hump. I had the hump with it for a number of reasons. I just don't like sanctimony and a lot of people who say they have mental health issues are just experiencing normality. And you watch a lot of these depressed, lonely,
0: anxious. It's called, that's called being a human. So are you not are you not um satirizing people who suffer mental health problems? No. I'm satirizing
2: people who say they have it and don't. Like people who you know, if your definition of OCD is you've got to check the the, the locks twice before you leave the house, there's there, there so much of that shit. I've met people who are autistic or say they're autistic. I think it's a crock of shit. And I think people people find themselves so, and no offense because you have a, a tattoo, but, uh, but I think people are getting tattoos now and this body piercing and shit because they're they 're so empty inside, and I think mental especially for white people, white people feel so empty and useless now that that, that they want to have their post slavery moment or their whatever that mental health gives that to them, and they really?
4: go
2: I think so' it's like well yeah i 've got bipolar disorder, my sister said she 's got bipolar disorder, she 's just a fucking emotional nightmare it 's like that's you know get off the fucking medication." Stop fucking obsessing about what your own mind is doing. Don't trust the sh- Don't trust the big pharmaceutical companies or the shrinks. You know, my uncle, my uncle is a, an actual certified schizophrenic. Yeah. And that's what, that's another sketch I was going to do about, you know, the, the, I wanted to have this, you know, middle-class woman at the fringe doing a show about her mental health. It's a show about her mental health. And my schizophrenic uncle's in the front row going garbanzo beans. And then eventually she would you get out of my fucking show, you schizoid lunatic? Like, let's let's really put what you say on the line. But but post-El Paso, Trump came out and said, you know, th- about mental health. And all of a sudden I thought that's true because sociopathology, sociopathy is a mental disorder. These are people who have no... It nose. is a
0: disorder,
2: yeah. Yeah, but, but I, th- I found it very funny. And all of a sudden the, the reporters, they don't want to be... Uh, no, don't link mental health to this. Mental health is only... People who feeling sad or blue or whatever, please no. Mental health sometimes is lunatics with guns who think they're much more important than they are. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's just it's it's a very complicated one too because it's like it's like climate change. You say uh, I don't believe in climate change. What you don't care about the planet say, I I don't believe in all this, you know, this mental health stigma fad, you know, what you think people with mental health should be sent to bedlam. They jump to that conclusion. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, first we need to determine, do you actually have a mental health condition? I think there's a lot of bullshit going on. And if I go to a shrink, how many shrinks do you know that are going to say, you're absolutely fine. Please go. I don't need your money. I don't need the 150 pounds an hour. It's it's a money racket. It's a horrible money racket. And um, watch out for people who are saying they're doing you good because they're not. I'm very, very cynical towards that, uh, towards this, towards this mental health thing. You know, I, I, it, I, to me, it's just another form of identity politics. You know, I have, I, I identify as bipolar. I'm ADHD. It's,
0: it's nonsense. Okay. Um, so should we? Uh, yeah, let's listen, listen to the sketch. Yeah. Depression, depression, mental illness, mental health
5: problems, losing.
0: The will to live.
5: Sometimes you are feeling down, sad, angry.
0: Bipolar disorder, disorder, disorder. Difficulties. Disorder, disorder. Anxious. Autistic. ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Do you know somebody who cuts themselves? Raise your hand.
5: Hands up. Who likes me? Body shaming. Why don't you like me? Low self-esteem. Right. That's it. I'm going to kill myself.
2: Mental health awareness campaigns driving you
4: mental.
1: Tin up misery guts and have a little fun.
3: What's the matter, chum? Feeling glum? Yeah. Then join the club. There's a club? If you'll permit me, I'd like to sing a little song for you. For me? For you. Don't listen to the shrieks my friend. You ain't
2: got nothing wrong with you. With me? With you. Gonna have a good night,
1: it's true. Cause you got something right with you. That's
3: all right by me.
1: It's all about me. So this is a club. I thought this was a meeting. Me, me. me, me. It's all about me. No, no, no. This is a meeting. I feel like I feel things more than other people, Mm. which is why I'm so grateful for these meetings because I feel like the more of us who feel like we feel things more than other people there are, the less of us who feel like we feel things more than other people there will be because we'll all feel the same thing. But (laughs) I'm getting ahead of myself here because it is one day at a time. Yes.
3: And this is a club. Me, me, me. It's all about me. It's all about me this August when I make
2: my Edinburgh Fringe debut. A comedy show dealing with my anorexia and ADHD. and I'll come up with some more disorders between now and August, but
3: get your tickets now. Bulimia Weekly calls my show Something to Digest.
0: The next sketch, Will, is uh, well. You've titled it "The Forgotten Woman." Yeah, yeah. I, three
2: about three years ago, I wrote that. The big, about seven eighths of that sketch, and I tried to do it live once, and I realized how physically difficult it was going to be to stand on a chair and change a light bulb and then sit down and pretend to be the woman and then jump to be the, it was just impossible to perform live. And then I was digging through ideas because I've got ideas I've never even touched um, on, on my computer and little notepads and whatever. And I, I pulled that one. I said, you know what? It didn't work live, but I bet it'd work as an auditory piece because you got three central voices and each character I'm really happy is, is funny in their own way. She's uh, your typical middle class suburban housewife, a very cliche character, but she's got some funny lines. You got Milo, she's essentially a, a sexist pig. And then you got David, who is a new breed of man, if man indeed he is. He's uh is lost in this video game world and completely unaware of of what reality is. And I love I loved how all three of those uh, come together, and then that that narrator, that very sanctimonious breathy voice of the forgotten woman. And and the other joke too, but Jane Doe plays the forgotten woman. And then the end credits, she's Joe blogs as the forgotten woman. It's like, if you turn on radio four and you, you listen to one of these plays, it's like, what's the difference? It could, why even include a name? Cause it's all the same shit. You know, I quite, I quite like that piece. And it's not very, it's not very overtly political. It's more cultural. I think there's I think there's one or two lines in there that are that kind of show where I'm coming from politically, but I forget what they are. But you know, I like I like I'm very really happy
0: with that piece actually. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's stick it on
4: now on Radio Four, a play by Keurig Nightwood, The Forgotten Woman, with Stephen Graham as David, Norton Fry as Milosh, and Jane Doe as Woman.
1: Oh, listen to me rattle on. Wait, I've not said anything. Now I'm saying something. Now I am rattling on. Oh, listen to me rattle on. Sorry about that, Milos. How is it going
4: at there, Milos? Almost finished. We have saying in my country. How many first world liberals does it take to screw in light bulb? Question is irrelevant. They call a Polak. There, all done. Oh, thank you so much. You, um, you uh, have no... Husband, to help you put in light bulb. Hmm.
1: Um, yes, yes, I do. It's just he's um terribly busy right now. He's actually working from home today. He's a um a, a systems software mainframe server content cyber upload. Um, uh, David, uh, Milo's should here about the light bulbs. He wants to know what you do for a living.
5: Where did my algorithm go? David. Darling, please, I need to get this cyber content downloaded to the meme before the GIF can upload the HTML gigabyte. I'm sorry, but please. (sighs) What do you mean it's not compatible with system software service systems? Uh, Where is my RAM?
1: Like I say, he's quite busy. Mm. But I am fairly certain he is a gigabyte HTML algorithm.
4: You mean he make video game? Um.
1: Yes, um, I, I, I want to say they're more educational, um, but they're not. He's actually working on one now that he has to get a dinosaur egg into a go-kart. Uh, the dinosaur is magical, its name is Playthor. Um, but right now David is working on Playthor 2, which is the female dinosaur. But it's not going to be pink because David and I both strongly disagree with gender stereotyping. I, I, I think she's actually going to be blue, like your eyes, Milosh. Or is it... Blonde. Like your Mm. smile. Or maybe it's... Mm. (laughs) David, Milo's just here about the bulbs. He wants to know what you do for a living and what color Play Pop 2 is going to
5: be. Darling, please. I'm sorry, but please. I am trying to get the go-kart to accept the dinosaur egg, but the Cyber Matrix is mainframing out the binary code. My hands are full right now. Please, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but please. (sighs) Quite busy. Mm. Um...
1: Can I get you a cup of tea, Milos? Anything stronger. I can get you two cups of tea.
4: Hmm. There you go. Um,
1: so, <laughs> I imagine you probably miss your native Poland.
4: I had one time case of gonorrhea. Oh. It feel like match burning in cock. Ooh. I much rather feel this pain for five months then spend five minutes back in Poland. Oh, no, 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 I,
1: I didn't mean <laughs> Poland now. I meant sort of the Poland you, you grew up with uh, under communism. I, I, I imagine you were quite fair in these days.
4: Yes, it was very fair. Everybody had to wait 17 hours for one crust of bread. Then everybody had to wait 20 hours for one drop of water. They had saying in Poland at the time, one drop, one crust, one pole. But one day I see man from government. He have two drop and two crust. I say to him, you have two drop and two crust, but you are not too poor. He threatened to re-educate me. So I hid myself inside side shoe and wore myself to England.
1: Mm, interesting. They make it sound so different at university. Uh, no, I, I, I guess what I was saying was um, you, you, you must miss... Chopin.
4: But you can always download Chopin. (sighs) Download,
1: yes, yes. Uh, Do you know who would know all about that? David would know all about downloading. David um, Milos just here about the light bulbs he wants to know what you're doing for a living what colour play 2 is going
5: to be and how to download Japan darling I'm sorry I'm pleased but sorry please please me I'm sorry but please if I cannot get this go-kart to accept the dinosaur egg I cannot get to the fairy realm if I cannot get to the fairy realm I cannot get the contract with Gaga Goo Games if I cannot get the contract with Gaga Goo Games instead of America you and I will be holidaying in Blackpool just like our filthy racist grandparents well
1: can you at least show him the light in the bathroom that needs fixing. Right. <clears throat>
5: Hello, Miloš. Mm. Um, so the problem is over here in the bathroom. Uh, here is the switch. And as you can see, nothing.
4: I see what the problem is. Hand me, please, light bulb.
5: Okay. Well, I'll leave the two of you to sort out all things electric whilst I continue to burn the candle at both ends. David. Thank you. I'm sorry. You're welcome. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But please.
1: David. There. All finish. Oh, my. You are so very handy, Milos. Um, what about you, Milos? I, I imagine you probably have a wife, as you're so strong and agile and able to put in
4: light bulbs. I have uh, one wife stands. <laughs>
1: oh yes, I see. yes, yes. You, <sighs> you probably do stay quite active. <clears throat> I think so virile and um... <clears throat> uh, um... David, can you show me the, sh- the bedroom light?
5: Darling, I'm darling. I'm sorry. I'm please. I'm darling. I'm sorry, but please. When I took on the job of designing a virtual go-kart that would accept a dinosaur egg and transport it to the fairy realm, I knew that I would have to face a lot of challenges on my own. Now you're going to have to do the same and show Milos the bedroom light yourself. I'm sorry, but I love you. I love you, but I'm sorry. Love, love, sorry, and I please.
1: Right. Mm. Well, I guess I'll have to show you the bedroom light, Miloš. It's over here in the bedroom. Mm. And um, here's the switch. But uh, as you can see, it's still quite dark. Mm. Although I don't necessarily mind the dark. Mm. Do you like the dark,
4: Miloš? It reminds me of Gulag. The Polish soup. (laughs) You are such an interesting woman. You have so much in your life, but so little in your head. Then fill me with your hot Slavic broth. Mm. Oh. Oh.
5: for the millionth time to receive the dinosaur egg and yes success finally after extensive faffing about i am on my way to the fairy realm let us proceed what in the name of stephen paul jobs is that noise oh bloody marvelous i've only gone and got a bloody bleeding virus oh cyber gods what have i done to displease you That sound is happening in real time. Darling, I'm sorry, but please, what exactly is Milos doing? Darling, I'm sorry, but please, darling? Darling, but please, I'm sorry, darling. Darling, oh, fish and timber. In the name of 8-Bit... Consternation and aches. Can a game or not game in peace? Dodge, what exactly is going on here? And why is Milo hiding under the bed? Um, you know, for an unskilled electrician, he seems to be awfully afraid of the light. Well. And why are you dressed like that? Like what? Like not dressed at all. What if the children should see you?
1: What children?
5: Uh, Xanakran and Muteg?
1: We don't have any children, David. Xanakran and Muteg are infant virtual dinosaur replicants from your Playful 1 series. But, David. Do you even want children?
5: Do you mean to increase dinosaur magic capability? No, I mean to love and to raise. Right, but you are talking about more infant dinosaurs for the brontosaurus brood.
1: No, David, I'm talking about living human creatures produced from your seed and my egg.
5: But not a dinosaur egg. Oh, God, you're impossible. It's okay, Vilos. You can come out now. She's gone. Mm. Uh, Miloš, now that I have you here, what would you charge to change the light bulb in the gaming room? Blow job. Right, well, let's get down to business then, shall we?
2: <laughs> the Forgotten Woman, written by Kirik Nightwood, with Fry Graham as David, Stephen Norton as Miloš, and Joe Bloggs as Woman, directed by Topaz de Moulin. produced by Mohamed Akbar and his seven wives, sound by Choreography by the deliciously delightful Dancing Daughters of Droitwitch. Costumes by Greater Lloyds of Little London. Makeup by Panface. (laughs) Studio audience provided by Gary Ransom Limited. Oceanography by Jacques Cousteau. Hair by Bristles of Shoreditch. Wind by Willows. Music by Reynaldo Cortez and his Spanish Armada. Woman by Land.
0: So uh, lastly, Will, uh, what are you working on now? Well, uh, two things I'd say. Uh, uh, I've got
2: the keyboard for my birthday, so I'm uh, working on the Book of Muhammad musical. Okay. I've got about seven songs into that, still working on the libretto, but the music's, I think, coming along. And then I've got to do uh, episode six of the Rick Sheridan comedy podcast. And who's Rick Sheridan? He's, He's the blandest comedian well, he's, he's, he's every comedian working today, pretty much. He's, he's just a cruise ship. He's the blank slate. He's so empty inside and he's just another guy who's, you know, like, Hey man, I started a comedy podcast and he's, he's very oblivious to, uh, to, to how empty he is. And the last episode, he, he, um, he meets another comedian, Sir Humphrey Standard, who lives in this, uh crazy mansion in, in, in Leicestershire. And there, there's, there's a lot of really weird sound. I, I don't spend a lot of time on any one character usually. And, and this, uh, these char- this is a 34 minute episode and <clears throat> the guy's a real privileged tough and he's got some really great lines and, and Sheridan's asking him about comedy and he's like, you know, what, what is your kind of, and the guy says, well, I'm oh, he said, when did you first realize you were funny? You know, and he says, uh, he says, well, I'm not funny. Uh, I've never been funny. I don't have a funny bone in my body. Uh, course, but we're very fortunate, uh, Rick, to live in these times where, uh, you don't have to be funny to be a comedian. You know, As if I'm raised in a different time in the 1970s, for example, and, and he gives this long speech and it's, and everything was very carefully written. I don't usually write stuff down. But I wanted his lines to be just, just bang on. Unfortunately, I can't remember them dead on right now, but he, he gives this summation of the current state of comedy. He says, uh, comedy, you see, Rick, is divided between, um, blank slates like yourself with nothing of interest to say or privileged toffs like me who, who straddle comedy like an abused hobby horse. And it's just this long thing. And there's this big pause and you can hear the sound of the grandfather clock, like in this, you know, ticking in the silence and the rain beating against. And all of a sudden Sheridan says, I feel like I've been punched in the stomach. Tis about the pains of hunger. Eat the Vichy boy, And it's totally oblivious, but he's laying down some really heavy truths about the state of comedy. And and uh, so those I, I, I think are, are really important. Uh, I like the feedback that I've gotten on those. I was going to just do six because uh, BBC, the BBC has that six episode thing for a series and I thought, you know, one one day when the BBC, you know, decides they should have paid attention to me or whatever, like, I could have those and say, you know. Here you go. Yeah, but
0: but it's it's my... So we're not, we're not, Will, we're not going to be able to stick them on this podcast. So, uh, that's so what, where can people go and find them? Just go to YouTube, uh,
2: Will Franken's YouTube channel, and <clears throat> you just see they're called The Comedy Podcast. I wanted a particularly bland name for uh, this, and I thought <laughs> it's like called the, the Art Show or something like that. I just... <laughs> I think that, and it goes to my, I think, you know, the people killing comedy right now are, are comedians. It's not actually the left. It's not the left and it's not the right. It's 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 it's, it's people practicing comedy who, in a, under a different, less social media-influenced egalitarian time, would have done something else and probably been really, really good at it. You know, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of excellent IT people working in comedy right now that probably need to get back to IT and leave the comedy to the... To the comedians.
0: Yeah. Well, at Comedy Unleashed, we don't tend to uh, book people who aren't funny. Um, so just like... Well, lastly, I would
2: disagree with that, but that's, you're still my friend. I would
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll, we'll not go there, but I would like to know what you think about um, about the club and mm-hmm. about the audience, because I, I do think that we've... You know, we, we do have an interesting audience. I mean, we mm-hmm. tend to pat the club out now. Mm -hmm. Um, but we seem to have a bit of a discerning audience. It's Mm -hmm. like people who sort of go there and expect a little bit more. But I'd I'd like to know what you think about it.
2: Well, it's a very, you know, for Tuesday night, you've done something really good on a Tuesday night to get that amount of people in, in an East End uh, club, an established club, a club that's, Backyard Comedy Club is very well done. You get off of Bethlehem Green and actually it's listed about which, you know, which way to go as you come out of the tube. For Backyard Comedy Club. So what what you've done is uh nothing small. Um, you know, I, it's and it's one of the few places that still booked me, um, which is another plus. And you
0: still keep turning up as well, Wilson. It's not so
2: bad. I still keep turning up. Um you know, I, I like I said, I do worry that it could it could just become an, a comedy club because and I've said this before, you're probably gonna get fucked off with me were saying it again, but as the as times change see I if it was it four years ago you had you, you had nobody on from whatever. there was nobody especially in this country that would even like hint at being right wing you had pretty much either comedians who said nothing at all or it was leftist mm-hmm. that was it and then things have slowly changed and with that change it's just like the French Revolution how many people during the French Revolution especially after Robespierre came into power were trying to convince Robespierre they'd always been revolutionaries. And you do run that risk of people saying, I like freedom of speech too, because they want a spot at a club because that's how comedians think they want spots and they want gigs and they want their name in the lights or whatever. And,
0: but forget the comedians. What about the audience? side? You, you, do you, you know, the, the audience is good. One thing I do worry about
2: though, is it, it, I, I, I would, I would, I would love to see people just freed from politics. I, I am yeah. sick to fucking death of politics and part of it's my fault. You know, th- three years ago I came out very, vote- people knew where I was leaning. Cause I was always like, I was al- always arguing with comedians, you know, after a gig, it's like, you know, yeah, but, yeah, but you should be in, like fun of anything. And i would get into these heated arguments. It's like, you know, why are you sucking Islam's dick? It's just a fucking religion. I would get so angry <clears throat> and nobody had any uh, interest in that stuff. And then 2016 came around. It was like, I want everybody in Britain who can vote to vote for Brexit. I was very naked about that. And then Trump came along. I'm talking to my f- friends from across the pond. You vote for Donald Trump. And because of that, <clears throat> I get defined by it some sometimes, you yeah. know, and I get asked to, you know, and now I'm kind of just, I really want to go back to just... Cultural stuff. Cu- well, definitely cultural stuff. I've always been into the culture. I think cultural is more important than the political, but there's so much... Uh, crossover of course with with politics and culture nowadays, but i just I want people to just fucking free themselves from uh this right left pantomime and i do I do worry sometimes about s- certain crowds being too political or they or they they may go there and go say brexit I did a brexit gig up in uh, yorkshire and and You know, I do a whole, I'm not just, I'm not going to spend 30 minutes on Brexit, you know, and I I maybe spent three minutes on Brexit and then it was a tranny bit. And the moment I departed from the Brexit bit, they were, they they were gone. They just weren't there because they go there predisposed. We want to hear, we want to hear Brexit, Brexit, Trump, Trump. And, uh, I think the world is much bigger than that. And yet at the same time, I don't like these fuckers who play both sides of the fence either. I mean, you know, Islam's bad, but Christianity's bad too. Because then you're essentially somebody who's not saying anything. If you if you went up there and saying all religions are equally problematic right now, not only is that a lie, it just says that you don't you don't really believe anything. But at the same time, I don't want to be known as as the guy that voted for Trump. I did my bit, and and uh, and I said I've had to defend him as as a result of that. I've been on television a few times, you know, to defend him, but i like i like something like this where people say how do you get the voices and how do you structure a sketch or, yeah,
0: or something yeah. like that but cool yeah well thanks will no worries it was, it was fucking lovely spending time with you you, you too remember. mate Right, that's it for now. Check out the Comedy Unleashed YouTube channel or Facebook page. We're also on Twitter. And if you'd like to see the full lineups for future gigs, check out comedyunleashed.co.uk. We hold gigs on the second Tuesday of every month, and it would be great to see you there lastly don't forget to click on the subscribe button for the comedy unleashed podcast and then as we drop new interviews with comedians as they come off stage or about to go on stage uh, then they will drop into your podcast app lovely see you next time